Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. May as well. Well, we are going to keep going in this series. It's the final weekend that we're going to be focusing on this uh, theme of being of make ready and really looking again as we look towards Easter, but also the church's transition of what it means to be a prepared people, what it means when, when Christ, uh, sorry, when, when the angel came to John and said, I want you to prepare a people, I want you to make a way, and, and this, this prophecy that came ultimately through Isaiah, um, but that would be recognized and actualized through the man John the Baptist to prepare God's people for what Christ was going to be doing. And I think any time again we come into a moment of transition, um, we rush things so much as a Western society, we just move on to the next and it's getting worse and worse. You, you, you read something on the news and it's just so shocking and by the afternoon, there's something else that's completely shocking, and you've moved on. And we just constantly are moving on as a society. And we have to be careful that as a people of God, we don't move so quickly that we don't stop to recognize what God is doing in the midst of this moment. Moments are sacred. We have to capture the moment. I remember having kids and my parents telling me, it will go fast. And I said, no, it's going awfully slow. We've got a newborn and we never sleep. When can we speed this process up? But it did like that. I've got a 12-year-old and it's scary and she's almost taller than her mother. It, it goes fast. You have to embrace and manage at times those moments so that we don't miss what God wants to do. And so we're going to focus really in for the final week. We've talked about all the way that God is preparing us, but I want to focus in what it means to be a people. Because he said, he said, prepare for me a people. Don't prepare for me a Christian. Don't prepare for me an evangelist. Don't prepare for me this big, massive preacher man. Prepare for me a people. Because God is moving through his people, not through a person. Now, there is always a person that is helping to lead to construct. There is always a team of people courageously stepping forward. And I thank God for the leadership team of this church who say, yeah, I'll, I'll step up. I don't have it all, to, but we're going to go together. And, and they're helping. But ultimately, guys, God wants to reach this community and this city, not through me and Tam, not through the Kingstons, not through the Aikens, not through Deanna. He wants to meet and reach people in this city through us. And as a people, God wants to move through us. So we have to be ready to be a people. So God was preparing a people. And we hear about it all the way from, from the stories of Abraham, all the way through to, to the coming of Christ and the establishing of the church, that God is pulling together a people, a people of God who were a redemptive nation. I think we can't lose sight of the reality that when we say, God, your kingdom come, we're praying for the kingdom to come and change and bring regeneration and renewal. And we're waiting for the moment. And he's like, I tagged you. It's your turn. Tag your it, church. Go ahead. Regenerate. When he created Adam, he said, go and name everything. Go and have dominion. Dominion is not to corrupt and to abuse. Dominion is to have stewardship and to watch over and faithfully outwork the heart of the creator in his creation. That's the calling of the great people of God. And as long as they looked like their heavenly father, they did a really good job at it. 
But when they abandoned that connection and went to follow idols, they just looked like everyone else. And they were just following the same broad path that was leading to destruction and leading to a progressive destruction in our humanity and creation. But the people of God, the church was called into this place to be a redemptive people. A separated holy people, not perfect, but moving towards he who is perfect. I'm so thankful, so thankful when I realized that he is perfect and I am not, but I am moving towards perfection. Because we hear, you know, you read those scriptures, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And I remember freaking out, realizing one day, oh, that's a future tense thing. It's he is perfect and I'm becoming perfected in him. And one day when he returns, we'll be perfected. We have a mandate then to represent and bring glory to God and this earth. And so the early church, again, they saw themselves as this group of people. They called themselves the ecclesia, which basically means assembly. We translate it as church, but it meant to be called out. And they picked that name because synagogue was already attached to the people of God, but represented the past story. And they recognized that God was doing something not different, not completely like separate, but actually a continuation and rather a fulfillment of what God had done in his people in the past. He would now do in Ecclesia, in his called out people, his church, his body. And Christ is the head of that body. I am not the head of this church. I will make sure we know this. Andrew Kingston, he's a great chair of our board, but he's not the head of this church. Jesus Christ is the head of this church. And we will always, always, always recognize that because we are his body under him. But we get caught up again in this mandate to bring glory to God, to glorify him. We are as people who are a light to the world, Jesus in his sermon to, to, to the followers and to the people that were gathering around him, you'll find it in Matthew 5, he, he talks about that the way that they live and the way that they proclaim God and represent God on this earth is like a city on a hill. It's like the light in the dark. And he said, let your good works be known to people that they may glorify not in you, but in my Father. So suddenly we see this connection between the way the people of God uh, present themselves and live out as the people of God, then is a signpost to the kingdom and to God. We are not the kingdom of heaven. We are a signpost to the kingdom of heaven. And the clearer we make that, the easier it is for people to come into this redemptive relationship. But when the church gets it wrong, we put all sorts of weird signs like, come this way for love, but you'll be judged and rejected. We don't want to be that church. Come this way forgiveness, but first we'll make you jump a few hoops before you can come in the door. We don't want to be that church. We want to be a church that is progressively more and more looking like the people of God that makes it really, really clear, come here, see Jesus and be saved. That's our calling. That's why we're here. So as God's pulling this people together, what he's also then doing is it's not only a nation, it's not only a people group, it's actually a family. And it starts with Abraham, you will be a father to many nations. He was very clear. He didn't say you'll be a leader. He didn't say you'll be a tribal chief. He said you'll be a father. And then we see Paul 
further package our, our, our working, what our salvation actually means. That, that salvation is not just a, I've got my get out of hell free card. Salvation is actually about a transformative work where I used to belong to one area and now I've been adopted and embraced in into the family of God. So in Romans, Paul says this, all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. This is Romans 8. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Man, I, I meet and talk with so many people who do not know who they are. They've been so disconnected in their family of origin, of, of their past and background, and they've left as an empty shell trying to work out who you are. Can I just say, if you're in Christ, you have a spirit within you, the Holy Spirit, who can agree with your spirit and help you realize and cry out, you have a perfect heavenly father and you're part of a perfected family. You belong. Who's glad they belong? Isn't it horrible when you turn up to a party and you just don't feel like you belong? Isn't it terrible when you, when you come somewhere new and you're kind of on the edge and the out? Who's ever moved cities? I mean, the, the wonderful... Now, sorry, you're not Crofts. What's your last name again? Fudges. Ah, oh, Budges. Right, I was like, Fudge, I love Fudge. But, yeah, it's awesome. But you guys have been traveling a lot and it's hard sometimes when you go into an area and you feel like you're on the out. I remember when my mum and dad moved us all from Sydney to the Whit Sundays, and um, about 10 years in, someone finally said to them, well, you're pretty much family now. It's like, 10 years? Now we're considered in. What I love about this church, first week I arrived, Michael Botha came up to me, he said, listen to me, just pretend you've been here forever because that's how we're going to treat you. You're part of the family. Like, that's what we want to be as a church. As soon as someone's coming, I mean, let's just welcome any guests that are with us here for the first or second time. We're sorry if we're freaking you out a little bit. We're not normally this excitable, I promise. But, but your family already, you're welcome. Now, this is cool. You've got a period where you can check us out and just make sure we're not too crazy. And you might opt out. You might go, no, no, no. I don't want to be a part of that family. But we will make sure you feel like family. We want you to be a part of this family. Now, as God pulls together this family, uh, one of the key indicators of this group is, is really important for us to understand as God is making us his people. Now, every group you affiliate to has something that you can kind of think about. It's almost like when I say scouts, you'll probably start thinking about knots and how terrible you were at it. If I was to say, if I was to say the Brumbies, that you'd be like victorious is the word that comes to you. Or the Raiders, who apparently just demolished I was very proud because uh, it was the Raiders versus the Titans, is that correct? And Pastor Steve went along to a Raiders game. Now, this is, this, is, this, is, this is like a tension point because it's the Raiders and the Titans. And so who's he going to go for? Because he's kind of in both camps and faithfully he stuck to the Raiders, I believe, and we won. Well done. Very good. All right, but, but we have these names. When, when I mention a, a political party, if I said the Labour Party or the Liberal Party or the Greens Party, something will come to your mind. It might be good. It might be bad. But you'll have some way of, of, of connecting a thought or a word to a particular community group. Now, when you come to our family, our home, you're going to see things that you think, man, they do that really well. You'll see some things like, oh, I wouldn't do that. If you see that, let like one of our team know. Don't let me know directly. Um, I don't need a letter from you to tell me how I can do it better. But, but I am open. But, but, but what I hope you would leave 
with. If you came into our home and, and, and connected, I would hope you would leave if you thought, what can I think of? My, my, the word I would hope you would leave with is love. That they may not be perfect at this, but man, they love their kids. Their kids are working out, but man, they love their mum and dad. And if we were to think of any family, when we, when we come to be family and when we think of God's church as family, the word we would hope is love. In fact, Christ was very clear about this. And the greatest thing, the most important thing that we can do as followers of Jesus is to live and outwork love. The people of God are meant to be a community that is, that is representative of love. And it's not a manufactured love. It's not a made-up love. It's not just like this kind of fate love. No, it's a transformative love that we have received. And we have freely received, and now we freely give. And in that moment, we, we have this community being formed in love. All the kids, just say love. I didn't hear the children. Come on, kids, yell it out. Love. That's nice. Tell your parents you love them more. That's good. They need to hear it. We're not as secure as you think we are. He's preparing us to be a people marked by love. And so Jesus, he's confirming in, in the Gospel of Matthew, he's, he's come, these Pharisees come to him and say, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, you shall love, I love this, we're on point, so love the Lord your God with everything. So as a family, our first calling, our first mandate is to love God. And that means not just to love God notionally, like once an Easter, when we have an emotional moment. No, no, that we actually come and build a lifestyle of loving God, where we're constantly swept up and caught up with a love for Him. And if you sometimes like kind of find that that doesn't happen all the time, or maybe you've drifted, welcome to the human race, welcome to being human, just realign your heart afresh, come to Him afresh today even, and say, I want to love you with all, because it's not just about our worship, I mean, we have amazing worship here, it's so beautiful and powerful, and in our, in our home churches, I've seen God move through our worship, but listen, what God really loves, what is our rational or reasonable response to, to, to a lifestyle that says, God, I love you, is to actually live a life in what the Scriptures call a living sacrifice. To live in a way that, God, I want you to have it all. So that our lives become living worship to Him. So that we love Him. And this is, this is the power and the process of God working into us. And then, he said, and then He said, love the Lord your God with all your being. And He said, the second is like it, that you would love your neighbor as yourself. Now, whenever I think of loving our neighbors, I can't not think of that story, that great story in the Bible where Jesus questions them on who is your neighbor. And it's the story of a good Samaritan where, where this man, this Jewish man, has been beaten up and he's been left for dead and all the religious folk walk past him, just ignore him. But it is the Samaritan who should have nothing to do with him culturally. He crosses a road, but more than that, he crosses a huge cultural boundary to get down on his knees and minister to this man. So when I think of what it means to love our neighbors, it cannot be disconnected from service. It cannot be disconnected from it costing us something to come and serve and love one another. Now, we are called as a church to love our neighbors. 
100%. And, and we have C3 Cares, in fact, happening this week at the end of this service. We're going to pray for the Bibles. You probably thought, why are there these Bibles under our seat? These are going out to people for our Easter service at our C3 Cares service. So we're going to pray for them. We're going to make sure there's a sticker in there that recognizes it's a gift from the church and help people do the journey. But we want to be outwardly focused. But also as individuals, as members of the body, we want to be thinking about loving our neighbors. Can I tell you, your Monday, just just show of hands. Maybe, maybe you can even just do this one if you're a little embarrassed. But does anyone ever struggle sometimes with Monday-itis? It's kind of like, oh gosh, the weekend was awesome and Monday's coming. And I've got to do that job again. Man, you know what a great way to get a fresh, revived fire on your career and what you're doing on Monday? Ask God to show someone in your workplace that you can show kindness to today. Just get with the Holy Spirit before you go to work and say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your love and show me who I can give that love to. Suddenly, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday is all about this life that is exciting and on fire because you are here to express the love of God. All of you that think one day maybe I'll be in ministry, too late, you're already in it. You just don't realize it yet. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day, every day, we can be people expressing God's love to people. But what's really important, I'm going to finish now. Thank you for being patient. What's really important is he said, love your neighbor like or as you love yourself. Now, what we do is we think immediately what that means for us individually. Don't we? We hear that scripture, we're like, yeah, I've got to love people like God loves me. And I've got to love people as I'm meant to love myself. And it's hard when you don't love yourself to love someone. You project all sorts of stuff. Some people that are the most judgmental of others, they're actually very judgmental of themselves. And they're projecting something out. But, but what we have to remember is, is, although there is an individual thing happening here, Jesus is not talking to individuals. He's talking and preparing a people group. You see, the church, if the church wants to love their city, they need to do it in a way that they love one another. And when I think of the most dysfunctional, destructive thing that comes and destroys the mission and purpose of a local church, it is not the government stopping them from doing ministry. It is not another thing going down the road. It's not persecution. Most of the time, it's because there's division and disunity in that church. Every single one of Paul's letters and all the other epistles, if you get to the core of the issue, what they're dealing with was disunity. This is why he says, love your neighbor, church, as you love one another. Because if we want to be a community group that represents the glory and love of God our Father, but they can't see it in the way that we treat one another, they won't see it at all. So Jesus is with his disciples. Last time, final time. Jesus, what do we got to do? Tell us what to do. Here, children. John 13, 13, 33. Some of the kids just looked up. That's good. That's you too. Children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews where I'm going, you cannot go. So now I tell you, I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you must also love one another. By this... All people will know that you are my disciples if you love, have love for one another. We cannot love this city and we cannot represent the love of God to people if we ourselves are in disunity. 
And what I would have loved to preach, and this is what I'm doing today, on the, 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 the weekend prior to our transition into a new day, that we would be a church marked by love, a church that loves God. Yeah, a church that loves this city. But honestly, guys, a church that is an overflow of love in here. Now, when you go through transition, when you move cities, there's tension that comes on relationships. We had some doozies as we're packing up boxes and I'm letting the team down by putting things in the wrong box and, and not, okay. When there is stuff going on, when you're transitioning as a family into a new day, there will come pressure on your communal connection. Like, I, I'm not, I've got to get back into it, but I used to love... Um, weightlifting and, 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 and particularly deadlifts and things like that. And what I've realized is the more weight, you've got to really be careful of those joints, right? Because when the pressure is on, it's those connection points that get separated. Now, last week, we sent out a survey of how we're doing church as a community. And we did that because we want to hear how it's going. We want to hear stories of what's happening, how is it working, and what are the challenges but what we don't want to create is an us and them culture. Some that love the way we do this and others that love the way we do this. Because we're going to review how we do our church structures and systems. We're going we're to revive our discipleship pathway so that we can be a church that's curious about the things of God all the time. We never stop thinking about where I can go. So we're a church that's connected to one another, really passionate about what God is doing, that we're a church that is growing in our relationship with Christ, each other and what God has put in our lives. And we're a church that's reaching out. We're going to revive this stuff. We're going to look at this stuff. But can I just tell you, how we do things in the future and maybe our preference of how we would do things in the future is very far down second to the purpose of how we love one another. Because i got to tell you, as soon as you put preference in the church above the purpose of the church, we lose sight of things. But if we can stay unified, regardless of the challenges, if we can come with grace and kindness in a season where God is pulling us into our future where the pressure will come, where the tension will come, where maybe you've been here for 30 years and you're like, well, here's a new guy. How is he going to do it this time? Let's be united and say, hey, I trust God and I trust you and we love one another. And if we can do that, God will keep moving. If we can't do that, he won't. Because wherever there is unity... God commands the blessing. So, Heavenly Father, you are our Father, and we are your children. And for any of us who feel like that prodigal son, we feel disconnected, disjointed from our connection to you, first and foremost. We ask that you come and speak to hearts, that you make a way back to you. So right now, with every eye closed, if you're here and you know your connection to Jesus, your Savior, and to your Father is, is, is disconnected, you're not in relationship with Him, maybe you used to be, maybe you've been coming here forever and you, you know you've lost that connection, or you've never received Christ in your life, you've actually never prayed a prayer that said, I want to be part of this family, I want to follow God. If that's you with every eye closed, and I'm just going to encourage you to pray a prayer, and you need to pray that prayer today, just lift your hand nice and high for me. 
and I'll see it. Say, I want to receive Christ or come back to him today. Come back into our relationship. Awesome, buddy. Who else is there? If you're here today and you say, I want to be back in a relationship with God. Awesome. Now I just want you to think of one another. Think of this community. Maybe it's your first weekend. Maybe you've been here for a long, long time. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would fill us with your love for one another. Wherever we may have even lost sight of the purpose of this church, to be a community of love, where we've been caught up with with all that's been happening in this world. Lord, where where COVID has so disrupted our daily uh, pattern that, Lord, even the notion of church at times is kind of, yeah, if we can, we'll go, if we can. Lord, I pray you would revive our sense of communal love. That, Lord, we would come here on a Sunday, not for just us, but for one another. Lord, that we would, we would go and, and connect into house churches, not just for us, but for one another. That, Lord, you would fill us with an awe like the book of Acts. A reverent awe of what you were doing in this community. And that we would be united in love. I pray for great grace. Lord, I pray for mercy to flow in the coming weeks. I thank you that, Lord, brothers and sisters here that maybe are feeling disconnected or maybe even a little tension, there will be forgiveness that will flow over the next few weeks. Lord, as we let go of things, as we say sorry, as we move forward as one body. Father, I pray that we would have a love for kind but healthy confrontation. That, Lord, we wouldn't be a church that just thinks things and never brings it to the attention. But, Lord, we speak the truth in love. That, Lord God, we can be a community that is constantly being molded and shaped by your heart. Father, where there is challenges about the way we do church, I pray for great faith and courage to come so that conversations can surface and that we can deal with things in a godly way. And, Lord, I pray that whatever you are doing in here, I thank you, Lord, it is about to explode into the community around us. That, Lord, that beautiful group of housing just down the road is going to know the love of God because of this church. Father, I thank you that the people around this area, around all the areas of Tugranon, they're going to know about the love of God because of this people. So, Holy Spirit, why don't you go ahead and lift your arms if you're not already. Holy Spirit, I pray you fill You empower, you enable, and you equip your church to be the hands, feet, and heart of Jesus Christ in our city. And we ask all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.